Welcome to Compare Financial's Appraisal Report, a podcast discussing all things farm real estate, including land prices, auction information, and appraisal analysis brought to you by the appraisal team at Compere Financial. Compere is committed to enhancing life in agriculture and rural America. Our guest for this episode is David Cluck, Senior Real Estate Appraiser with Compere Financial. And let's start there, Dave. Talk a little bit about your experience, uh, what you've learned along the way, and maybe how things have changed in southeastern Wisconsin over the course of about four decades. Well, in that period of time, uh, coming out of the University of Wisconsin River Falls and coming to Fond du Lac, uh, I've spent the first 18 years of my career doing ag lending in that area, and then the last 21 as an appraiser. So I've watched the area kind of transition. We've gone from more traditional, if you will, small dairy farms uh, and small cash grain facilities to a more diverse market with larger capacity dairy and grain facilities, and then a more of a part-time farm market. Think uh, small dairies that they discontinued dairy farming and now the owner, maybe one or both, are working off farm in one of the neighboring uh, urban areas, and yet still continuing to uh, cash crop or raise livestock on that facility, uh, which has been home for them. Sounds like a, a healthy and vibrant ag community. We've had a, a lot of uh, growth in, in various areas. Um, that's an evolving uh, situation, um, and as such, we're we're seeing it's reflected in in land values. Uh, very much a location-driven type marketplace. And as we talk about farmland market values in southeastern Wisconsin, how far back should we go to kind of paint a picture for our listeners on what the market has been doing to to kind of contrast and and compare some pretty remarkable levels? Well, we've had. Over the last 10 years, much like economy in general, we've had very good growth. Uh, We've had double-digit increases in market values over that period of time. And again, very much a a factor being location as to where that kind of growth occurs. And that's reflective of expansion as farms are are expanding, uh, growing in capacity, often their first step is to enhance and improve uh, buildings on an operation. And then once you've got the larger number of animal units operating, well, you need more land to support it. So often then you'll be renting land. And after a period of time with some financial stability, then you'll see them actually acquiring uh, the acreage so that they can have that acreage base under their full control uh, to be able to support the operation should they decide to grow further or if they want to just maintain um, the operation that they have. Strong commodity prices, you know, play a factor in that. Right. And I was going to say, in addition to location, as you pointed out, as a major factor in that 10-year snapshot, I think about where commodity prices were in 2014, what transpired the next few years, and now this rebound that we've witnessed in the last, you know, two, three years. So commodity price is a factor. And certainly there's been some volatility with milk prices too. And with dairy, such a a strong component of your part of 
the country, um, there are some ebbs and flows, I'm sure. That's right. Uh, we, um, we see it much like the rest of uh, the Midwest. Uh, we're probably a little more uh, influenced by the dairy industry, given the high concentration of farms that we had. Uh, that number continues to decline. But the existing dairies, the ones that are remaining, are growing in capacity. Uh, we're blessed with a large infrastructure in the area with uh, dairy processing plants. So they want to continuously see a steady stream of milk coming in for their purposes. So uh, the larger operations are able to meet that demand. And uh, it's also an encouragement for them when you've got strong commodity prices to you know, grow, a li grow it a little larger and then uh, put yourself in a better position for transition into the future. Dave, if we were to zero in on 2022, what was the farmland market like this past year? It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. And I would uh, use that analogy. It was the best of times if you were selling. It was a marketplace where uh, there was ready buyers. They had the ability to purchase. And depending what you were bringing to market, um, you could you could command a pretty strong price. Year over year, we saw double-digit uh, valuation increases. Uh, worst of times was probably the standpoint of you had the availability to borrow low-interest rate money, but you couldn't find the kind of property you wanted to make the purchase of. There was a very much a limited availability of properties uh, in the marketplace for agriculture. Um, that's why you saw uh, strong competition for the stuff that did come up for sale. Uh, There's a far cry from what it was maybe, you know, 20 years ago when you had a lot more properties available. And those properties today are typically being held because you can get a decent rate of return on them. With interest rates continuing to rise as we look ahead to 2023 and beyond, how much of a factor will that be as far as farmland values are concerned? Well, agriculture is a lagging component in the real estate market. Uh, we're not like our city cousins where a 1% or 2% change in interest rate uh, has a major effect on uh, market demand. Agriculture plays a lot longer game there. We're maybe late in coming to the party. Uh, we tend to stay longer. And as a result, what happens is you see farm real estate values slowly climb, then more rapidly climb, uh, probably hold at a longer period of time before they start to slow and maybe drop. As to uh, what's going to be happening now in this rising interest rate market, we're seeing a slowing. This uh, egg is tied to interest rates as much as any business is. But for example, in the last six months, we've had a couple of situations in my area where an improved farm property located in a good demand area uh, went on the market, a competitive bid. Uh, one of the properties had six, seven bidders, and it sold for what I would say was above what I would have called the praised value because there was just that strong of demand. Yet, I've got another case where 
the um, seller put it out on bids. The date came, all the bids were in, and um, the party was notified that they got their bid accepted and then learned later that they were the sole bidder. Uh, that leaves a situation where you start scratching your head saying to yourself, did I pay too much? So we're right in that transition point, I see, where uh, we've got strong demand, but again, very much a location-driven market. And do you think this transition period will result in values going down, flattening off? How might it look? Well, there's always the case where you could see the next sale go higher. Um, I've got uh, cases where motivated uh, buyers, you know, want to buy that adjoining piece of property and they're going to pay whatever they need to pay to get it. Um, the rising interest rate market is going to have an effect. We're in a cyclical economic environment. Uh, what goes up can come down. So we saw high market rate drop off uh, into historically low interest rates. Now they're climbing back up and the marketplace is going to adjust. Agriculture is global as well as local. The global market is our influence to commodity prices. Uh, things that happen in South America can impact soybeans, can impact corn. Um, dairy farming in New Zealand can have an impact on milk prices uh, because of eggs tied to overseas sales. Um, we're going to see things probably level out and potentially, in my opinion, back off a little bit. But uh, there's still going to be the cases where you're going to hear the strong land sale occur just because of uh, the availability factor and where that property is found. What are some other headwinds that you foresee for the farmland market? Well, We've got uh, the rising interest rates, of course. Uh, transferring of land is going to be happening. The median age of farmers uh, continues to get older. So you're seeing farm ownership transfer from, uh, say, two spouses to a single spouse, then to the next generation of heirs. And when that happens, you've got uh, several factors that come into play. You've got multiple owners now of a single property. And that uh, tends to lead to a lot of uh, potential issues, you know, division, how do we, who wants to keep what, who wants to sell what, um, of course, values tied to the interest in that property. One party may want to sell it, one party may want to keep it. And of course, you've got uh, municipal uh, zoning codes as far as how things can be divided. So all of these factors come into play with with the market going forward. Uh, current owners need to plan. They've got to look forward. Uh, how do you want to see that property transition to the next generation? I had a case where um, a daughter had called me, dad is elderly. They're looking at trying to plan, okay, this multifaceted farm, they want to transfer it to the next generation in such a way that the farm could continue to operate, but there are heirs that want to uh, acquire portions of it. So uh, they utilize an appraisal to be able to figure out, okay, where does the values lie? And then while dad was 
is still with them, they can talk through a plan of transition to be able to, you know, move it to the next generation. So as a headwind there, we're going to see um, land hit the marketplace that no one had anticipated was going to become available. Uh, we're going to see competition in that regard. Um, you've got, of course, um, non-farm related competition. You've got solar, wind, urban development. Um, with COVID, we've seen a bit of a migration back from large municipal areas to more smaller municipal areas. And some of those smaller municipal areas are starting to see growth in the village limits kind of pushing out, if you will. And of course, they uh, typically abut uh, agricultural farmland. As you pointed out earlier, dairy is st such a, a strong presence in southeast Wisconsin. And with the expansion of dairies, uh, the construction process, the cost, the materials. I know uh, as we've covered the supply chain here at Brownfield over the past couple of years, it's really been uh, a challenge for a lot of people to get the materials they need and to get them at, at a fair price. So how has that uh, been an influence in your part of the state? Well, we're, we're very much up against the same uh, constraints, limitations, and this cost of, cost of construction has uh, played a factor uh, in the marketplace. Um, people who are acquiring a, a property, say for uh, a plan to build in the future, once they dis determine what the cost of construction is, uh, there's a lot of factors that come into place. And a lot of times we don't actually see that uh, construction take place on a rural property just because of the cost factor. I had one realtor tell me uh, that of the rural residential type lot properties that sell, you know, larger acreage, 20, 30 acres, two or three of them will resell because the present owner that's buying them um, will just find it cost prohibitive to be able to do the construction. The extent of construction is changing. Uh, size and scale often gets uh, pared back once the uh, dollar figures are put to the project. And this not only is new construction, but it's happening with existing improvements and renovation costs and the scale of renovation changing. So the cost of construction has been ha having an impact on valuation um, because agriculture is not like residential uh, markets where you can see in a residential market the spec home selling. Um, a, a property designed, built to the current and latest standards um, with current land values factored in and then selling. Well, in agriculture, nobody builds a, a agricultural building with the intent of turning around and selling it, which means now from an appraisal standpoint, if we're asked to value that new building and we're told this is the cost that it took to build this new building, uh, we've got to compare it to known sales, which often um, aren't necessarily recent construction. And then we've got to kind of factor in can the higher valuation be supported by the higher cost of construction based on what we're seeing in the market? So um, the current uh, rising cost of construction has been having almost a negative effect on values because it's so hard to keep up with uh, dollars 
in construction rising so fast in the market compared to properties that are selling. Dave, you make such a good point on how unique agriculture real estate is when you compare it to other types of real estate. And that's why it's so important for people to have resources that uh, can inform them, can come alongside them, work with them. And with Compere Financial, what you do, the other colleagues of yours with Compere, what you do uh, in the appraisal space, uh, I just think this whole conversation really conveys uh, how important it is to have specialists in this field. Oh, absolutely. Agriculture is is a, uh, it mean, maybe the landowner doesn't think of it that way, but you're you're a big business and business needs to utilize professionals. Appraisal from the standpoint of determining valuation, you need a good attorney to help you plan legally for transfers and and how things are operated. And then there's the tax implication. And uh, our appraisal department serves its function as being a support to the landowner, to the potential buyer of farm properties, and that we can provide our expertise uh, for their local market and their industry uh, to be able to give them a clear picture of what um, properties are worth so that they can better plan from a financial standpoint, a lending standpoint, or if it's just a, a transfer standpoint of ownership. Uh, we do a lot of estate work, uh, and that I've been told more than once how that information is so helpful for them for helping the family plan going forward as to how um, things are going to pass one generation to the next. Before we direct our listeners to where they can go to get more information on Compere Financial, should we circle back to just the topic of dairy again, because it is so prominent uh, where you're located and, and talk more about you know what you've seen through nearly four decades with the way that the landscape has changed and, and maybe a, a look ahead to what you anticipate going forward? Well, dairy is going to be a continue a continuous growth situation. By that, I mean the larger operations are going to find ways to improve efficiencies. They're going to look to leverage their uh, capacities. Um, yep, um, we've got uh, for all the technology and all the uh, facilities aspect of it, it still comes down to labor making everything work. And dairy is undergoing a transition, if you will, um, much like it has over the last 40 years, uh, trying to find better ways to uh, find labor-saving means so that the workers on the farm, whether it's the sole uh, working family there or family with employees, so that they can maximize um, the operation and yet you know, do it in the most labor-saving means. So what I see going forward in the, in the dairy industry here is we've got very good infrastructure and demand for milk. We've got an uh, excellent uh, land base that supports dairy in this area. So I think we're going to see continued strong growth and maintenance of our dairy industry here. And yet we also can fall back on you know the smaller ones that have been operating at a more smaller scale. Uh, that they too can transition out of dairying, and uh, there's other options for the use of those uh, 
facilities, that acreage, and um, of course, maintaining the value in that property. For those who are interested and would like to connect with you or they'd like to see more information online, what options do folks have to, to follow up on this conversation if they'd want to? Well, you can start. Uh, we have our department's uh, appraisal newsletter that can be found at uh, compere.com if you navigate over to the appraisal services page. Uh, there you'll find information on the products and services we offer. Uh, you can contact us here at compere.com and um, so, you know, let the, um, the person that you're talking with know the area that you're located in and they can put you in touch directly with an appraiser that services that area and uh, you can kind of describe your situation, specific need, and then we'll figure out the best way to help meet that need for you. Dave, anything we missed that you want to include? Well, I think probably in looking at uh, the future here, the best thing I can recommend to landowners right now is to kind of plan for transition going down the line. It's, it's not an easy conversation to have. And yet, if um, plans are laid out, this is, this is how one generation would like it to pass to the next, I think you save a lot of headaches for um, the acquiring generation and, and it makes for a lot better family situation going through difficult times in the future when one generation passes to the next. Join us next time to learn more from our internal appraisal experts. Compere Financial, committed to serving agriculture and rural America. Visit us at compere.com to sign up for our appraisal e-newsletter.